2: hello everybody how you doing this is colin cook with
0: elliot Kawaoka. And this is episode
2: number 15 where we have a special guest today and uh it's probably going to be uh, a very unique guest to us because he is actually a professional triathlete his name is lucas bezetta um but he is going to be talking to us about something i think everybody's going to find pretty interesting and uh talking about banned substances and things like that and uh on an unfortunate situation that Locus is is dealing with uh right now here so um thanks for being on Locus. hey guys thanks thanks for having me good deal um so before we get into that we do have to uh mention or actually we're going to quickly say that this is actually the second time we're, we're recording this uh, we did this uh what a month or so ago and uh Unfortunately, uh, Elliot's laptop got stolen, which uh, had the content of it, so uh, we had to redo it here. uh,
0: But we know uh, much more information now, so...
2: (laughs) Yeah, updated
1: information.
2: Yes. (laughs) We do have some interesting info that uh, changes the way the conversation goes a little bit, which is good. Uh, But uh, before we get into that, um, Elliot, you had a race, huh?
0: Yep, Ironman, Arizona, a couple weeks ago, and yeah, it was pretty competitive <laughs> you think yep so finished nine twenty six, which wasn't my fastest time on that course but it was a pretty hot day and i think i was 12th amateur but i didn't get on the podium in the men's 30 34 so that was kind of tough for me to handle but i mean i raced hard and gave it everything i had
2: that's all you can do but uh, yeah so uh, how many of you guys went sub
0: nine? Um, In my age group, yep. f- five, four? four of them did.
2: Four, yeah.
0: And the interesting and- thing is so, top three guys, I think this is how the rule is. I'm not sure, but I think the top three guys at these races can get their pro card. Correct. And the top three guys were in my age group, but there were only two slots two Hawaii slots. You could qualify-
2: and- Third guy qualified for his pro card, but but uh, didn't yeah,
0: get like, an age group Kona kind of slot with that, an 857 or something. So it was crazy,
2: right? And also fourth was sub nine as well, right?
0: So yeah. a sub nine,
2: um, two people didn't get Kona kind of slots. So.
0: And then my buddy who ran, he ran a 302 marathon. He was fifth. Um, he didn't make up any ground, which is amazing. <laughs> I mean, we were just—we were twenty minutes behind any of those other guys. So, I mean, I would have had to run a two forty-five marathon to even get right. close to fourth place.
2: And Clay, uh, the overall age group winner, he—what did
0: he what do, you do? He went eight forty-two. Eight forty-two. Right. Yeah. He, he, he beat me by a
2: minute at Lake Placid. All right. Uh. Professional. Yeah. <laughs> well. We all know Clay is uh, is a former pro, so uh, he's a unique situation. But, uh, I mean, 842 used to win Ironmans, right? Not that long ago. Wow. So, yeah, that's um that's
0: I mean, uh, Yeah, I mean, I'd like to hear your thoughts about this. Like, why do you think these guys aren't going pro? I mean, is there a benefit to going pro if you're that fast? Or do you think they just enjoy dominating these age groups? Because it really it's just... I mean, when you compare him and I, it's just, he's on another playing field. I mean, I just, I, I'm not, I can't compete. Um,
2: I mean, I know Clay, uh, I think he has a couple kids. Um, so, I mean, I don't know if he feels like he's just not, and, you know, maybe career wise, he's choosing something else. I think he's a lawyer. He's got something. I forget. I looked him up once. Um, but, uh, he, uh, you know, I guess you could look at it that way. I mean, you know. Uh, What was it earlier this year? uh, I did qualify for my my pro card, right? We joked about that. There's no way I'm taking my pro card. (laughs) Uh, A life here, right? You know. So, um, to me, as you know, a father of three with another one due uh, literally any day now, uh, just didn't make sense to me to to try and uh, one be able to swim with guys like Lucas and things like that is probably not my uh, future here. And uh, being competitive at the professional level is. I think a pretty big stretch for, for somebody like myself. Um, or I mean, so.
0: yeah, and you even put Clay's time in, I mean, you compare his to Lionel Sanders who went seven fifty four. I mean, he okay. has to somehow shave off close to an hour off that time. Okay.
1: So, I mean, I guess from my perspective, the way I see it is, you know, a, a pro who's racing 30 to 34 age group, you know, they're, they're kind of at the tail end of their career so for, for Still in, got some time. You I mean, have, got you certainly, you look at Andy Potts and people like that. They, sure. they certainly have plenty of time to race. Oh, yeah, some world champs. Mike you know, Alexander
2: was 30. and Mecca and stuff, right? They were in their yeah. late 30s when they were when right. the top when of their, they were, you know When they were so. winning.
1: But uh, you could qualify for Kona as an age grouper, or you could you could be top 100 as a pro and yeah. not qualify for Kona. Yeah. Um, but I think there's a little bit of incentive there. Yeah. Um, there's Certainly, there's plenty of sponsorships to be had as an age grouper. You can certainly... You know, the build a base of sponsorships. But if you race as a pro and you're putting down an 842 at Arizona compared to the other pros, you know, you're you're off the radar
0: from right.
1: every, everyone else.
0: That's, That's a true. good point.
2: And I guess with that, Lucas, let's talk a little bit about your background so people get a little understanding about you. And uh, um, while you are racing as a professional, you also still have a full-time job, right? Mm-hmm. And yep. other things going on. So uh, let's let's hear a quick quick background
1: on yourself. Yeah, so uh, 29 years old. uh, Grew up uh, here in New Hampshire. Uh, Been uh, an athlete all my life. Played team sports, baseball, football. Um, But uh, when I was 12, I got into uh, competitive swimming, and that kind of changed my uh, my sports radar. And I really fell in love with the endurance sports. Dabbled in track and field, um, but pretty much swam all through high school and competed at the D3 level uh, in college. Won a couple conference championship titles myself, uh, qualified for NCAA Division III in swimming, um, and then after school, got a job, put on a few pounds at a desk, and decided I needed a way to get back in shape and to find my roots of being competitive again, and just kind of stumbled into triathlon, and I met Colin at uh, my first ever uh, triathlon, the Nashville YMCA Y-Tri. Uh, and uh, saw all the guys in their tri-bikes and their disc wheels and whatnot, and he was hooked on it from 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 then. Um, started working with Colin in 2013, I believe, and our focus was age group nationals and did better and better each year. I, I went back to compete after working with Colin, and uh, 2015 it culminated, and I finished third place overall and was eligible to get my pro card and took that and started racing as a pro in 2016. And... Um, did did okay in twenty sixteen. Finished eighth at uh, the last rendition of uh, seventy point three um, Timberman. Timberman, and uh, then uh, this year I did my in twenty seventeen. Did my first Ironman at Lake Placid, uh, where I finished fifth place overall. Um, and that's <laughs> that's that's where we start to talk about the uh, not so fun part of being a pro here um, and what I'm going through and have been going through for the last couple months.
2: Perfect like, lead I'm in here, so, here. <laughs> um, well, yeah, let's let's just go into that, so, I mean, uh, your first Ironman, finished fifth, you know, amazing awesome performance, day. we're going to static, cloud nine of, of that result and everything like that, and, you know, I remember talking to Lucas right after the race, and he's like, yeah, you know, I got blood, or I got drug tested, and uh, I was like, oh, that's cool, you know, <laughs> and, uh, thinking obviously nothing of it, and, uh, what, it took, took a few months, didn't it? Um, yeah, seven weeks to seven, to hear back, to hear back, and uh, so obviously you were talking. You kind of have an idea what happened, but uh, what what happened here? Yes.
1: Yeah, so um, seven weeks after Lake Placid, I get an Ironman. I get an email from Iron Man's anti-doping um, agency, and basically they're letting me know that uh, there was an adverse analytical finding um, in uh, my uh, A sample. Um, produced after uh, finishing fifth at uh, Lake Placid. Uh, and what that means is that uh, they found uh, uh, a doping violation in my A-sample. Um, and what it was was uh synthetic, synthetic growth hormone called Osterin. Um, and it's been pretty controversial in the last year. In the last couple months, there's been a lot of growing information, and a lot of evidence that has been coming out about Osterin specifically. Um, so... That's that's what happened, and I've been kind of navigating the and legal so that, uh, waters here.
2: That was a supplement
1: you'd been taking directly uh, right off the shelf, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, uh, Oysterine is uh, is 100% illegal. Um, uh, the FDA has not approved it in uh, any drug substance um, or pharmaceutical substance, or you know, it's illegal to buy. It's illegal to be in anything here in the U.S. So if it's in a product, it's in there illegally.
2: All right so ultimately and at the time of this we'll kind of go into this a little bit deeper but um you know and as i said in our first recording this i would bet the the life of my children on you know lucas's credibility and the fact that he was a clean athlete you know and not was, was or certainly was not intentionally taking any kind of banned substance or something like that so uh obviously it was just in complete shock and couldn't understand how that was possible and um you know so where's it go from there
1: uh, I, I mean, the, the biggest question is, is how did it get there? How was it in my body? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, initially I was in shock and I didn't know what to think. And uh, I reached out to a couple people for, for, for help um, and did some research, talked to Colin, um, uh, hired a lawyer um, and have been going from there. But uh, it's essentially uh, the way that it would get into my body is obviously I had to take it and it was it had to be in something. So, um, the, only, the only thing that it could be in would be a nutritional supplement. Um, and uh, that's kind of the scary part here uh, because uh, the only supplements I take are, um, are supplements that, that any athlete would take. Very um, common. Companies yeah. that, that have sponsorships, age group and professional alike. Uh, and so you start to wonder okay, well, well then where, where did it come from and what could it be in? Uh, so hire the lawyer. Um, and what I ended up, do- what I ended up doing is I sent out all the products that, um, I had taken on race day. Thankfully I had pretty much everything cause I buy things in bulk, um, sent them to my here, lawyer here. <laughs> and yeah, so buy in bulk, um, Jeez. but sent everything to my lawyer and started testing my products. Um, and, um, let's, let's,
2: let's take a quick step back here. So, I mean, a couple of reasons why I wanted to have Lucas on and and talk about this is one to to hopefully just enlighten everybody about what's really going on. And, um, we're not going to be able to specifically, uh, tell you which product is that he's consumed for, uh, legal purposes here. Um, you know, that had the, um, banned substance in it, but, um, you know, one that we're all, you know, susceptible and, um, you know this is this is a serious issue that uh unfortunately Lucas is uh you know having the the problem and the results with but uh it could happen to eight groupers alike and um you know it's it's scary stuff and also uh ultimately I think we need to really look into when somebody gets popped for a banned substance actually um you know making sure that they are you know we instantly think of them as cheaters and things like that and that uh, that might not be the, the complete story um why don't we
1: quickly talk about Beth real quick right and, and her results right yeah so um initially the first person um that I was able to reach out to in the world of professional sports was um Beth McKenzie or at the time she tested positive her last name was Beth Curtis um it was Luke McKenzie's wife. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so she went through a very similar situation last year. After finishing first at um, Ironman Asia Pacific, uh, she won overall outright. Uh, and six weeks later, for her, she she got the notification and started going through the legal battle. But for for, for her, from my understanding and our communications, you know, she had traveled uh, to Australia to race, and she had you know, pretty much purchased all of her supplements, you know, there at, at the race venue, um, in order to compete. And so after her positive tests, um, she wasn't able to produce exactly everything that she had taken on uh, race day. Um, but, uh, and so she was never, never able to, to prove exactly what it was that she took that caused her to be contaminated. Um, she's got a great, um, blog article, um, in California training. Uh, if you are to look her up, you can certainly read about her story and she can tell you, um, through there, you know, what she went through in her whole ordeal. But, uh, I also hundred percent, you know, believe, believe her and, and know that she is innocent as, as well. Um, and she's been really helpful in guiding me through uh, the, the legal process as well as, you know, how, how to deal with it emotionally. Um, certainly because, you know, it's kind of a crushing blow somebody telling you that your results are, are are fake they're forged you're not worthy of the 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 place that you finished in and you're cheated everyone else that you competed against uh so certainly it's been pretty tough emotionally to deal with that um and this whole process has been pretty mentally taxing on on me and kind of soured my my love of the sport a little bit um so And also, I mean, just on Beth's uh, story
2: here, I mean, I remember Slow Twitch writing an article about that and, you know, my weekly update email from Slow Twitch kind of saw that in there, clicked on it real quick and kind of skimmed through it real quick and instantly just kind of thought, cheater, you know, whatever, and just kind of basically assumed her guilty and didn't give her the the time of day to, to really get an opportunity to see what actually happened there. Just instantly it kind of categorized her as a cheater. And I think that that's normally what we do. Obviously, we've got the Lance Armstrongs and all that fun stuff of the world that has tampered our perception and things. But, um, you know, it's it's sad that, uh, and obviously now with Lucas being one of my athletes, to see that happen to somebody I care about and, um, you know, that that uh, is meaningful to me is, is you know, just, just terrible and made me look at things in a whole different, you know, shine a light here. Um, so. Um, Ellie, you
0: got anything to add? No, I mean, we said that in the last episode, it's like you read articles and you're like, Oh, another doping story. It's like, I mean, I've gotten to the point where you just kind of look, I mean, kind of glance at it and be like, yeah, cheater again. I mean, end of story. I don't really look into it, but then it was shocking when you went to me and told me about Lucas. And I mean, you know him way better than I do, but I know he's a good guy. And, you got the test back and i mean it proved that he was not cheating so it's it's just sad i mean this is this whole situation is just very unfortunate well i would like to give everyone a little bit of just background information on astride and some,
1: some other updates that have come out you know be public but a um, couple of in- and everything here is obviously the governing body environment of and the WGC. Um, and then there's a U.S. Anti Doping Agency or USADA. Um, and then there's the Food and Drug Administration. Um, so, uh, one kind of scary thing is so, two days after my performance at Lake Placid, um U.S. Anti Doping Agency um, released uh, a statement warning athletes that Osterin is known to contaminate um, even clean supplements that are out there on the market. Um, and they're basically telling all athletes that the only way to 100% reduce your risk is to not take any supplements at all. So zero supplements. Um, and let's let's define what a supplement is, real quick. Right? So a supplement is anything that you would use to supplement your diet. Something right. that you is not considered a food product, but you still take for some nutritional value. Um, so that would be gels, um, goose chews salt tabs um, salt salt pills um powders electrolyte drink mixes uh anything like that that you might mix up for training rides or for race day or if you're out there on the run course you're getting you know handed a an open cup an open cup of gatorade we all take in during during you know any
2: race really um you know um but not those bottles we get on the
1: bike course that are full Uh, like a Gatorade bottle, yeah. right? So the FDA classifies anything that's in a ready-to-drink state as uh, a food or a drink beverage, so it's regulated differently than something that comes in a powder.
0: So, so 100% sure, of the people out there racing are using supplements.
1: I would say 100% of the people yeah. out the racing are using supplements. Yeah. Um, and uh, And so, I mean, this... They're not, they're probably falling over, right? <laughs> they're not, they're probably not finishing <laughs> that quickly, or yeah, falling over, <laughs> collapsing, and someone's giving
2: them an IV bag to help them yeah. get to the medical tent, All right? Um, Especially in long course, obviously. Yeah, um, but so, no, I mean,
1: yeah, or sorry, keep going. Yeah, so I mean, the governing body of U.S. doping is telling athletes not to take any supplements, period. Um, and then you have the Food and Drug Administration releasing press statements saying that Osterin. Has been linked to, um, you know, increased risk of heart attack or stroke, um, life-threatening reactions like liver damage. Uh, so this specific drug is bad for your health. Um, and you know, there's a lot of information out there about um, this being in like bodybuilding supplements or, or, you know, so if you're if you're a, a weightlifter or a professional bodybuilder, you know, your risk might be a little bit higher than a professional a professional triathlete, um, but. As we know now, after I've I essentially now I know what supplement contaminated uh, my body and what supplement caused me to test positive. You know like Colin said, we can't talk about it, but what I can say is that similar to other cases like uh, Lauren Barnett, another professional athlete who took a six-month sanction after testing positive and proving that she took a uh, contaminated supplement, um, it was a salt supplement that caused me to test positive. Um, so salt supplement would be something that has some amount of sodium you take to replenish lost electrolytes on a on a hot day or on any day that you're out there racing. And again, we can't specify it by name here. Hopefully, it'll come out eventually here,
2: but uh, it's one that's advertised in Lava magazine. An Ironman um, world
1: champion takes this product and has said so yeah. in nutritional blogs. Right. A world a, a world champion, and that's the reason why I started taking this product it, was right. because I read it and a world champion is using this so it must work it, it must do something that helps you get to the finish line and you would certainly assume safe right <laughs> and i would assume safe because if
0: Shoot. a world champion's taking it they're getting definitely drug tested right so um
1: there's Enough there session. should be no qualms for me to take it as well it's crazy yeah um
2: it's nuts so i mean you know again it just uh and as age groupers, right, we're certainly less uh, less prone to be tested. It's an expensive thing, and uh, it would be great if everybody got tested and uh, it was easier to do, but it, it is expensive and time-consuming and things like that. But uh, um, I think that we all just need to at least consider, you know, the fact that uh, we may not be, uh, you know, as cleaner. There's certainly contaminated substances out there that uh, can affect all of us here yeah. um, is, is something to, to think about and is just crazy
1: and i'm i'm concerned just about the the health and safety of all the athletes out there not not just the professional athletes who have the potential to test positive but there's a reason they're banned right there's a reason they're they're banned yeah i mean they they enhance your performance or they cause life-threatening illnesses or diseases um so i'm i'm looking to continue to promote you know not only my case but i want to help other athletes um, professional awareness. or amateur alike, I want to protect people from from being contaminated from from potentially being harmed by this product because it's it's kind of crushed. It's definitely crushed me, um, and I, I, I want to help other people and prevent this from from happening. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's a positive outlook now because when we last recorded this and last talked about it, we didn't have back two key pieces, which was my B test hadn't come back and also, um, we hadn't found a contamination in my samples. So, um, updates on that. My B test came, po- came back as, po- as positive as well. So it proves that setting. I was, that there was Osterin in my body. Um, but, um, after testing five products, the fifth product came back, uh, with a positive result for Osterin contamination. Um, and, uh, there's no way that that result could have been faked or forged because, um, the containers sealed and the way you take it um there's no way for contamination on my part so to speak because that's something that they question as well and fortunately for you because you're a professional athlete Ironman paid for all that testing and everything right somebody else paid for it right no I had to hire the lawyer I had to pay for the lab tests my lawyer's retainer fee was not cheap um and also each test ran about five hundred dollars uh, per sample um as well as you know, my lawyer having to, to, to work to get all the thing tests, all the things tested, handling all the paperwork and the communications with the WTC. Um, so everything came out of my pocket. As well as um, now I'm being I'm, I'm also because B test came back positive. I'll be stripped of any result that I had after Lake Placid, as well as prize money and including all Lake that Placid stuff. I was yeah, and yeah. results. So essentially, my first ever Ironman, my fifth place finish. In the record books, it didn't happen. It didn't exist. Um, and uh, honestly, that's the, that's the worst part for me because, you know, I, I worked damn hard uh, for the last two years to, to get to the point where I am now and to, to be able to cross the line, fifth place overall, um, behind the likes of Brent McMahon and Andy Potts um, on, on what was a pretty challenging day. Um, and to have, you know, friends and family there to watch me do it, uh, it just – takes away from the experience and that's what that's what hurts the most for me it's not the prize money it's not it's not anything that i won um, but it's the the fact that they're saying you know it didn't happen yeah
2: and again there's no doubt that's more significant than the financials but i mean even just to put in perspective you take all the prize money you made this year even if you did receive it it would be less than it's costing you for the lawyer and everything right much less much less right yeah, the lawyer cost me more than any prize money that I won this year. So. <laughs> right. So, I mean, not to make light of that, but, I mean, just still, you know, if we're testing our athletes and things like that and then, you know, in a situation like this, this is terrible, and you know, but it's coming out of a, uh, an up-and-coming, you know, professional triathlete that's not making a ton of money at the sport, right? right. And uh, um, it's, it's really hard, you know, I mean. One, you know, Luke's a guy like Lucas is, is tra- you know, working full time. So he's trying to compete against guys that are training full time, right? So, I mean, it's already an uphill battle there. But then, you know, if you're going to try and make them have to um, do all these extra things and, and whatnot to be able to, to compete at that level, and, you know, what's, what's really the benefit to them really you know maybe this goes back to our question about uh why uh, some of these guys aren't taking their uh their spots there <laughs> yeah. in i sh- yeah. i just sh- saw my own blog about being an age grouper for life too <laughs> yeah. so okay. back to being an age grouper yeah you know um but uh that's crazy
0: i mean uh, so lucas i mean what are, what would you do what are you going to do from now on and, and maybe this even isn't even a question to you colin like so I have supplements in my cabinet. Should I go and send those all those in and get them tested? I mean, you just—I mean—that seems pretty absurd to me. And I mean, we none of us want to get drug tested and get popped for something that we didn't do. And I mean, it's it's your safest bet doing that kind of stuff, testing out before you trying it. But it just seems absurd testing that kind of stuff out. I mean, they're just su- such basic supplements.
1: I would say, uh, first and foremost, is, is make sure you're buying your supplements from some place that uh, that is you know credible. Um, so, buying from like a local sports shop that's selling products. Don't go to GNC. So don't, don't do something GNC like that. In that bucket, um, yeah. Go to your local bike shop or your local run store and purchase there. Um, you can also look at the the labeling of the container um, for. Stamps that are third-party testing. Third-party testing, I think, is key there. Third-party tested companies um, basically means that they're either they're most likely skip lot tested. So every month, um, this company will come in and test the supplements that are coming out the doors from the supplement producers to ensure that it's safe for consumption and that it's free of banned substances. Um, But that's so. Company that caused me to test positive is also third-party tested, so that's not a foolproof way exactly. of of um, reducing your risk. But that would be a step in reducing your risk. I would also say, uh, buy from big name companies. Don't don't buy from niche companies or small companies that maybe don't have a lot of uh, information out there or, or haven't been producing for a long time. Um, and I, I would say don't don't purchase a salt supplement. Don't take something that um, is sodium. Um, I know that's tough for a lot of athletes, especially people who sweat a lot and, um, have maybe high sodium content in their sweat. But I, I would say, um, stick to like electrolyte drink mixes as your primary source of sodium. Don't, don't take a salt supplement. Um, well, let's just recap real quick there. So even
2: third-party testing, right? You would think, okay, that's got me covered. That should make me 100% safe, right? But it's not, right? They're only taking random kind of batches, and they're testing those. They're not testing every single batch. So even when you're doing that, um, you know, there's still, you know, a possibility that uh, there could be some kind of contamination. In it which yeah, is just
1: mind-boggling. To if me. you have questions about third-party testing, you can certainly call your supplement company and and ask them, you know. One, one. What, what level of third-party testing do they have? Um, so they, they should be able to tell you, hey, we test every lot and every batch that comes out the door, or we test on a weekly basis or a monthly basis or a yearly basis. I'm not sure what their requirements, requirements are no. exactly. Um, but uh, if you do have questions, you can certainly call your supplement company and ask them um, about Hoft and their they're third-party tested. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's not the, a foolproof way of reducing your risk.
2: Yeah, I mean, to elaborate on that, I mean, I used to always kind of, uh, I don't want say dream, but would love to have been, you know, somebody that gets tested and kind of feel honored to do that because, you know, I think it'd be cool and, and certainly feel, I felt confident that, uh, you know, I didn't have anything in my body that would come back uh, positive. But uh, after this whole experience, I can't say that uh, I, I am confident about that anymore. You know, I, Certainly, I'm not taking anything that uh, I know is illegal, but uh, with with the way things are coming out here,
1: it's it's just scary. <laughs> yeah, and so Elliot, just to elaborate a little bit more on on what people should do about their supplements is, um, I would just say that the most important thing is to um, ensure it's third party tested um, and stop taking salt supplements. Period, because there there have been a lot of results uh, about salts testing positive, and now there's two. Uh, professional athletes out there in the world of triathlon um, who tested positive um, for salt supplement contamination and we're essentially the one percent so we don't get tested all that often um, only after results or if you're if you're good enough like a world champion level um, you might be in there uh, in USADA's out of competition testing pool which means you get tested whenever wherever they can just show up at your door and test you. Um, Isn't there a few websites too that have uh, listed out uh, some different supplements,
2: and things like that, that are supposed to be legal. Uh, what, you mean uh, you mean illegal or legal? Legal, right? Wasn't uh, sorry, I'm drawing a blank. I should have prepped this. Uh, the name of that website that you had that uh, that showed supposedly what? Oh uh, well,
1: so um, Usada has a link to Supplement 411, which it lists out all the supplements out there that are considered high risk or might be potentially dangerous to take. Um, But I would say the majority of your listeners are not taking anything on that that list. That's like stuff you buy at GNC or you buy from Amazon or some black market company Um, because the the Supplement 411 list, you can certainly look up any supplements you're taking to see if they're considered high-risk or might be considered high-risk. But um, from my use of the website, it's pretty limited in the number of products that – Wasn't there a website with like Safe something in it?
0: Um.
2: Maybe I'm drawing a blank, so no. should have been more prepared. <laughs> uh, but all right, but I mean, you know, there's there's certainly options out there to help at least educate ourselves and, and decide, you know, you, yes, you're probably going to end up paying more for these type of supplements, right, than these companies, because it is expensive mm-hmm. to do this third-party testing, yeah. um, but I do think it at least certainly uh, reduces the likelihood um, and... I would think that they wouldn't be intentionally or outright doing it if uh, if they're actually doing some, some kind of third-party
1: testing. Right. So um, I think that that's certainly an important takeaway there. Yeah, And the only way this could be contaminated is through adulteration of the label. So the company is putting it in there and not telling you about it or um, through um, not good manufacturing processes. So right. if, if a company is buying their ingredients in bulk from another company um, – and that company doesn't clean their manufacturing line adequately between different lots and different batches there could be some cross contamination of products there and that's that's essentially you know how i would we test think, positive yeah. and how we think that that i did test positive crazy yeah so as of right now you're looking at a 2 year ban right yeah Uh, As of right now, I'm looking at uh, a two-year ban. Um, uh, Ironman is currently reviewing my case and my lab findings. My lawyer and I have sent over um, the lab findings that show the contaminated supplement and and essentially the lab packet that's attached to it. And we sent over a request for a reduced sanction, um, similar to other athletes. Like I mentioned Lauren Barnett earlier, um, she received a six-month sanction um, so that's kind of what we're fighting for, and um, requesting that I receive a reduced sanction of six six months, um, because I took a supplement that should have been clean that was contaminated, um, and that six month would be backdated to when I was notified on September 11th uh, about uh, my initial adverse analytical finding.
2: But so ultimately, though, the reality is here is that even though. We have now, you know, been able to prove exactly what it was that caused that. You're still, you know, going to have people out there that are going to categorize you as a cheater and, you know, kind of have that, you know,
1: asterisk next to your name for the rest of your, you know, career potentially and things like that, right? Yeah, I'll still get put on a list of dopers. I'll still get listed as one, and I'm still going to be serving that sanction if it's two years or six months, but I'm not sure yet. I'm hopeful it will be six months so I can get back to racing um, but yeah, at the end of the day, I'm still going to be categorized as a doper and any results I had, uh, will be washed away. Just sucks.
2: Really the only way to, to put it, you know, it's just, uh,
1: crazy. And, you know,
2: as we've said here a few times, just an enlightening experience here to eye opening, uh, to what's really going on in this world here, um, when it comes to yeah. supplementation and,
1: uh, and banned substances and whatnot. So, so I mean, going forward, if anyone has questions, and they want to ask me about my case or they they want to send me hate mail or something because um, they piss <laughs> off me, because I I really I hope people listen to this and I hope people have questions. I hope it blows up and I, I want everyone to hear about what's going on. Um, you can email me. Uh, my email is L, and my last name is Pozetta, P-O-Z-Z-E-T-T-A, at gmail.com. So um, certainly reach out if you have questions or um, comments. Ellie, so, you got anything else you want to add?
0: Nope, I just feel really sorry for you right now, and I'm going to throw away my salt tabs right now. <laughs> yeah, start drinking pickle juice or bring some mustard packets yep. with you. <laughs> that
1: way. That's a thought, that's a thought. We're going to have to re, uh, reinvestigate the whole
2: uh, fueling plans here, Right. Huh? I'll be using pickle juice. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. All right, well, cool. Well, Lucas, thank you very much for uh, joining us here, um, sharing your story i know it's tough and uh but uh you know i hope we can spread the word and and get people uh, enlightened into what we're we're dealing with and uh what's going on kind of on the back side of things uh unfortunately yeah
1: and uh information as soon as everything's decided uh, with my case it will probably go public so there'll be a very brief posting about it um assuming from our man there'll be some kind of a press release or a news article about it um so that will come out, but I'm I'm hoping we'll have this published before um, that yeah. that gets that gets out. And when the time is fitting, we'll also reference what product it actually is, right? That uh... yes, yeah, as, as if if and when I can talk about it, I certainly will. Um, but going forward, legally, I can't talk about right. it. Um, and um, I'm I'm pretty pissed uh, yeah. to say the least. I'm I'm pretty furious. Um, so hopefully I can uh, I can make this company pay
0: yeah yeah
1: so all right.
2: Um, well with that uh, we thank everybody for listening and uh, we'll be back at it sometime soon here Uh, I actually could pretty much guarantee I will have a fourth child by the time I get the next one out here so uh, wife's already uh, um, getting ready to go she's due uh, in a couple days here Uh, I think she's she's coming pretty quick here so Uh fun times in the cookhouse here. Good goodbye sleep.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Your life Uh, just got a little busier.
2: It already wasn't busy enough. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Awesome. All right everybody, well thank you very much and uh we'll have another episode out soon here. Take care. Thanks guys.